And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I've I've really been thinking about this quite a lot. And mm-hmm. um, here's the thing, right? Here's when it all comes down to it mm-hmm. and we like really begin to understand like this is what I think and but th- this is why we have you on it's my opinion yeah. it's yeah but I really so my friend works at the New York Times right oh nice yeah and um so this is what I think there's a lot of conversation and there's a lot of dialogue around the subject without really dissecting and understanding the subject and I think what we really need and I've said this before. I've said this on my podcast. If people want to check that out, check that out as well. But we'll put the link in. I think what's really important is that we generate more conversation around, I mean, what we're doing right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This kind of like, it's so important. No, for sure. It's so important. It's so important. It really is. Like we need this. Yeah. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Wednesday, January 13th. I'm J.E. Skeets, rolling with the big bearded one, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Hey! Hey! Yo! We got the international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Leellis. Friends! Mm. Last but not least, making the magic happen is J.D. Hello! There he is, and here we are. Shout out to the stream team. Joining us live on YouTube right now, please like, comment, and subscribe to our vids and our channel. Genuinely, of course, with all of those. Uh, We're less than 200 subs away from 25,000, so let's try and make that a reality today. If you haven't subscribed, just click the subscribe button and share it with a friend. If you listen to the podcast, make sure you check out Trey's hilarious new NBA Weekly Recap video. That went up yesterday, later last night. There should be a YouTube link right there in your episode description. So click on that, watch that, leave a comment, leave a thumbs up, and make sure you subscribe. Another Finally great got my job. man Skeets in there with the old <laughs> face. I've been oh, saving that yeah. picture for over a year. Over a year. We're waiting for the perfect time. Yeah, Spring it on the unsuspecting time. masses. Ripping on the Raptors, throwing mm. me in there with the stinky face. Um, guys, email us your questions and comments to no dunks at theathletic.com. We'll be stepping on the beach later today, later on Wednesday here, 3 p.m. Eastern, live once again on YouTube. Tass is going to join us for that one. So if you have a question about recycling or compost, uh, you know, get it in <laughs> ASAP. You still have a little bit of time. And make sure you check out Tass's YouTube video and podcast, What You Need to Know, doing that daily Monday through Friday. His Wednesday one, of course, is up before we even sit down to talk here together. Finally, make sure you rep the brand hard. Go grab some No Dunks merch at nodunks.com. Hoodies, t-shirts, mugs, all items that you can imagine are available. Okay, we got a lot to get to, I feel like, here this morning. Uh, the NBA, man. Always comes through. We got so many crazy stories to discuss. But let's start. Instead of five games, one thing, we're doing a little three games, one thing. Because I feel like these are some heavy topics. The first one, it was a wild game. I think maybe one of the more entertaining games from the young season so far. Joel Embiid scores 45 as the 76ers 
knockoff, the undermanned heat in overtime. High scoring affair. Trey, big takeaway from this one. Oh man, Skeets, this was a crazy game. I watched it last night. I rewatched the highlights this morning and I'm still not quite sure what happened, but it was great to watch. Here are some things that definitely happened. Both the Sixers and the Heat had to roll out teams that I, uh, not a lot of players that you would necessarily know about due to uh, COVID protocols, obviously. You had eight players playing for the Heat. You had eight players playing for the Sixers, I think were the final tallies uh, for both of them. And a bunch of guys who you've never heard of actually made some big plays in this one. Here are some other things that definitely happened. The Sixers were down five with 20 seconds after they almost blew it with three straight turnovers. (laughs) Isaiah Joe, who? It's a deep three to cut the... Cut the lead to two. The Heat turn over the ball on the next inbounds play. Danny Green gets a wide open look from the corner. He misses. Joel Embiid gets the offensive rebound, but he had not been getting very many touches uh, in the post there. So he dribbles out to the three-point line where he gets called, where a foul is called on, I think it was Kelly Olynyk. It could have been a carry on Embiid. Yeah. Nonetheless, the Sixers get the ball back. Embiid gets the ball off a pin down screen. That's what you want from your seven footer. He dribbles into a nice pull up jumper. Money. Then in overtime, here's another thing to happen. Joel Embiid came up with an incredible start in overtime. He was getting buckets off the dribble. He was making really tough shots. He was calling to the non-existent crowd to give him MVP <laughs> chance. He took a heat check three that wasn't even close. This was the good stuff, Skeets. But then it wasn't over because Precious Achua gets a tip with 44 seconds left. That puts the heat up one. Danny Green, another offensive rebound on the other end. He kicks it out to Dakota Mathias. <laughs> he drains his first three of the night to put the Sixers up two. He gets the steal on the other end. He hits a couple of free throws to ice this game. It was over. I could have easily forgotten something that happened here. I had to watch multiple highlight packages to even see what exactly was going on, who was making these plays, but it was awesome to watch. And a great reminder that every NBA player is really good. It's the Ben Uzo Hmm. corollary. Even guys you've never heard of can ball out any given night. Gabe Vincent had a career (laughs) high, like I mentioned. We had big shots from a guy named Joe, a guy named Matthias. That's their last name. A wild game that nobody would expect it to turn out the way it did going into last night because the Sixers, you know, they're shorthanded, but they did have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. You would think this could have been a smash job for Philadelphia, but weird game for Ben Simmons. Embiid was incredible in the second half going into overtime, but uh, what a weird one. Fun way to start the night, though. Yeah, for sure. I think the only thing you didn't include were maybe Danny Green in this game hit nine threes, <laughs> despite missing some like key ones down the stretch, like you said, though he was doing other things, grabbing some boards. That nine threes ties a franchise record with Dana Barros uh, yeah, in a nice. 76ers uniform. So that's fantastic. And this is, of course, Danny Green bouncing back after a brutal game before where people were heckling him. Yeah, there were people there to heckle these players. <laughs> and he's you know firing back three rings, and he comes with the nine threes. You said it there. You slipped it in. Ben Simmons plays. Weird game, though. Very weird game. You know, 12 assists, uh, something like six boards, but only five points. I think only shot twice, mm-hmm. and he fouled out. Okay, weird. And then Tyler Hero for the Heat. Uh, really, you know, impressive back-to-back performances from him now. I was thinking about him earlier this year. I was like, wow, we haven't really heard much of Tyler Hero, uh, you know, after the bubble performance. But 34-7, and 34-7-4 and in this loss last night. And then that's coming on the heels of a 31-9-2 in a win over the Wizards. So, you know, 
back-to-back bubble-like bangers there from Tyler Hero, though he had the brutal turnover. So that's all I would add to the sure, Im- yeah, impressive in, yeah. breakdown there. But uh, Embiid is the story, Lily, with the 45-16, four assists, five steals, and another MVP-like performance early in the year. Yeah, and uh, Trey mentioned it there. It was, all, it was a bit of a throwback performance that he was getting involved with the non-existent crowd, which is what you want to see from Joel, because I think that's when he's at his best. And he's talked about that in the past, you know, where he likes the uh, att- uh, the different drama and the attention that he gets on him. And, and he took over this game, as he should have too, because you mentioned there was so shorthand. There was obviously no bam out there. And so Joel Embiid, this is a game he should really just go out and eat. And he did in the end. It took him a little bit to get going, but once he did, it was great. But even at the end, Andre Iguodala had a three that, you know, wasn't too far off. Yeah, you know, this yeah. game almost went to double overtime, but I was actually watching the Nets and the Nuggets game last night. But, you know, when you're on Twitter and you sort of see, oh, this game looks like it's a blowout, that's fine. I'm not missing anything. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, what is going on? That game somehow in overtime. And then it's Embiid is just dominating in overtime. So it was a fun watch back this morning, just seeing him uh, seeing him do that. And uh, for the Sixers, this is a win they had to get for sure. And, and they, they did. It took them a little bit longer than, and, you know, it was a little bit harder than they would have liked it to have been. But uh, they got there in the end. But yeah, Danny Green, I, I just wonder, we don't play fantasy basketball anymore. Someone like Danny Green, though, man, imagine you're going up against a guy like that. You know, who comes out with the nine threes. He had two steals, two blocks. I think he had 10 rebounds, six assists. It's like, oh, come on, man. The Danny Green, he can't do that. So, uh, but uh, Doc Rivers said he's a thousand years old and he played 50 minutes for us last night. And, uh, and that's the thing with Danny Green. I mean, you know, he, he's clearly well past his best, but uh, he can still hit those threes if he's open in the corner and uh, he can still contribute and he's a professional. So you get a good performance out of him. But yeah, this is a, a fun watch back game here. Tyler Hero, yeah, he was great. He was great. You know, uh, he, he missed that. He had the turnover there at the end, but, yeah. uh, you that know, was rough. He's, that was he's, rough. How old is Tyler Hero? He's 19 or 20 or something like that. He's got time. But seriously, like, like how, how good can Tyler Hero be? I mean, he, he's going to be a superstar, I think, one day in this league because he's just got such poise for the most part when, he out, when he's out there playing. And, uh, you know, the Heat's so heavily shorthanded. He stepped up for them like we saw him down in the bubble several times. Yeah, you said you were watching Nets Nuggets, which we'll get to. I was the opposite. I saw you, like, tweeting out, you know, things about that game. And I saw people going, uh-oh, Kevin Durant dagger, uh. D- KD taking over. And I'm like watching this Sixers heat game. I can't turn it off. So I'm, I felt the opposite. I'm like, what am I missing out on? And I had to catch up on that one this morning. Because, yeah, we had some uh, some wild games going on. Remember how I talked about the Sixers, like um, their game ops? They decided to have like their dancers still there. And they have like a little drum line. And I was like, that's really weird. Like, I, I mean, I get it. I want those people to have jobs. I want them to get paychecks. I also, do we really need them there? Like when we're trying to, like we're in the middle of a pandemic and maybe having more people in the arena is not a good idea. But maybe it is all for Joel Embiid to try and recreate as much as possible a game atmosphere despite being no fans. But uh, it's, uh, man, the, I, you gotta just like tip your cap to those people that are just dancing all game long and, and playing the drums all game long. It's, it's That can't be easy, but there they are. They cut to them every commercial break, Trey. Well, I mean, what else are you going to cut to? I guess yeah. uh, maybe <laughs> we got some shots of Embiid just sitting on the sideline completely by himself. I yeah. thought that was a brilliant move. That's how you social distance. But uh, I don't know, man. This was just things you would never expect to happen. Like Danny Green blocked a dunk last night. He took 21 <laughs> threes. Yeah, he hit nine threes. Yeah. He been, was trending two nights in a row on Twitter. He went, what, 0 for 9 yeah. uh, from the field the game before and then 9 for 21 from three. I guess only 0 for 7 the game before. But uh just wild stuff. Unbelievable. Like, Danny Green was mixing it up, getting offensive rebounds. Like you're saying, Skeets, there's that awesome clip of him the night before saying, three rings. Three rings. That's great. Great nickname for him. 
Uh, crazy stuff though, I don't know. These are, these are the games you love in the NBA though when you're not expecting it to be a classic. You're looking at this, you're saying two depleted rosters, we'll see how it turns out. And then you get a straight up banger like this, the good stuff. A lot of fun, a lot of fun. If you didn't watch the highlights, go back and try and make sense of it, like Trey said, of that Sixers Heat game last night. And just go watch him beat alone. He was killing them in the third quarter. Uh, oh, yeah. And I think Precious and Silva and some of the guys on the Heat, like, put up a decent fight against a guy who is right now, uh, you know, at the top of the MVP leaderboard, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, that third quarter, he didn't miss a shot, right? I think 8 for 8 and 20 points overall. And then Trey said he kept it going, you know, in the overtime, especially put a stamp on the game. Said they weren't going to lose that one. And uh, he <laughs> dragged them, really, honestly, to the victory. So yeah, huge, It's kind of like he game. realized, oh, yeah, I'm being guarded by a rookie who's much smaller than right, me yeah, in right. the second half. And he put the team on his back. That's what you got to do. Yep. And 13 for 13 at the free throw line there, Lili. I know you love that. There's your little free throw boner. Well, that's the thing, though. I mean, it's important in a three-point game, isn't it? You know, you it miss is. a couple of those and uh, maybe it's a little bit closer. So well done, Joel. What do you All think right. of Duncan Robinson's missed free throw? That was uh, <laughs> It's so hard to miss a free throw when you're a good shooter. Trust yeah. me. Trust me. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, right, where he is trying to, like, ricochet the it off yeah. the rim. And, uh, yeah. ju- it just missed, right? It just yeah. skimmed under, hit the mesh, and then hit the actual backboard, which uh, yeah. Yeah, is, is not hitting the rim, of course. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was weird last night, too. Steph Curry missed back-to-back free throws, like, at the line. He missed one. He was so upset. You know, he never misses a free throw. And he missed the second one. I was like, what is going oh, on? We had, we had LeBron airballing a free throw earlier in the season as well. There's something going on out there. Maybe uh, it's, it's the lack of crowd. They're not focusing on their free throws. Who knows? Maybe. Well, you said it's the loneliest place in the world. So now it's even more lonely. Like, Absolutely. actually, there's less people around. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad you uh, brought up LeBron there. Let's get to him. Because LeBron leads the Lakers past the Rockets in a blowout last night. The score says 117-100. I mean, it's not even that close. It was was a murder uh, again the LA, LA Lakers taking care of the Rockets so I'll go first my big takeaways from this one there are two things one that happened on the floor and then one that happened after the game what happened on the floor was amazing and I think we have the clip JD you can roll it if you want LeBron James hit a no-look three-pointer that went in mid-game because he wanted to win a bet with Dennis Schroeder who you can see behind him <laughs> barking to him and then LeBron shoots it like Steph Curry turns around before watching it drop and uh, looks him in the eye. Now, this is, it was incredible, like, in the moment on Twitter. Everybody's going nuts. Oh, it's so Curry-like. And, like, that clip is awesome. I know, Trey, you were saying, like, is this the best one, like, mm. yet? Because the way he just completely just turns around. Yeah, it's a, it's different than Curry. I mean, it's, it's in the same genre, obviously, yeah. as Steph Curry. And Steph Curry has probably... The best ones prior to this one where he's slapping his teammates, high-fiving them before he runs down. This is almost the complete opposite. LeBron just standing there. Yeah, I'm betting on this. And it's in. Once the story came out, Skeets, incredible stuff. Yeah, the story makes it even funnier. So what's going on there, like I said, Schroeder is like talking to him there in the corner. He's shooting it in front of the Lakers bench. They're up huge. This is in the second quarter, by the way. This is even the second half. And Schroeder says, you know, quote, I told him to bet a Benjamin on it. So he shot it. Like, okay, bet you can't hit that three. So LeBron swivels, meets, you know, Schroeder in the eye as he attempted the three. LeBron says, quote, after the game, I took the bet while I was still shooting the ball. A bet isn't official until you look a man in the eye. So I had to look him into the eye and I was able to win that one. I mean, that just takes like an already incredible clip to the next level. So, so well done to LeBron 
and Schroeder and the Lakers for the beatdown. Leo, what do you think of the clip? Yeah, I mean, th- honestly, this is the most fun thing that came out of this game last night because it wasn't even close. The, the Rockets weren't really competitive at all in this one. So to know that LeBron, I mean, how long's the ball in the air for? Like a second, maybe? You know, to know that he was able to sort of get that bet, uh, confirm it, and then knock the ball in as well in that brief time. It's just incredible because I guess I guess he's got a little bit more time there. But uh, and then their reaction—they're all just running on the court. They should all get technical fouls, shouldn't they, for being too many players on the court? But who cares when you're up 24 points at that point? But uh, you know, that, this is a thing. This is what makes the basketball so much fun is when you see those little things out there because. Basically, the Rockets bought that on themselves. They're being humiliated in their own building because they're not even competing, and that's yeah. what LeBron's doing. That's like flipping the water bottle. Remember when, the, when he was on the Cavs and he did, they did that in uh, yeah. Madison Square Garden? If you're not going to compete on your own floor, then you open up your, your team to being humiliated like that by, by guys. And also, Schroeder saying, I've said better Benjamin. Like, he didn't say, hey, it's 100 bucks, isn't it, Benjamin, I think? Right. And he's like, he didn't say 100 bucks. He said a Benjamin. So, like, like LeBron had to also almost clarify like a Benjamin you know he's a German guy like you you want that's a hundred bucks right you know he wasn't yeah, betting Deutschmarks like yeah. there is but, a lot of conversation going on in this clip right for the ball being in the air for one second likely saying it like they had a full conversation about the ins and outs of this bet but I believe it because you see LeBron pump fake when he gets yes. the ball right like he's yes. gonna go up so you're like somebody said something to him he noticed yeah. something and as soon as the shot drops the first guy he daps up Dennis Schroeder and he's back the other way, right? So, you yeah. know, I believed it. I believed uh, oh, the yeah. story once it came out, seeing the clips, you're like, okay, they're in on something. Incredible. Just um, just wild stuff. Remember, remember last week when Fred Van Vliet uh, had a bet with Stanley Johnson about that half-court shot before the game and we mm. were wondering how much players bet? I mean, I'm guessing that was more than $100 because they weren't. there was no time uh, concerns there. Right. But, you know, they, these, that's that's what it is. Like, 100 bucks, you can't hit that shot. All right, you're on. In that second, in that moment, then LeBron hits it and just, uh, oh, man. That, 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 that has been all over... Like Twitter, the NBA, Twitter, NBA, Facebook. CNN uh, wrote an article exactly, on it, I saw. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, that's, that's just hilarious and uh, so much fun. And then LeBron just struts back down the court. And then he's after the game. I don't know if you guys saw it as well. He's talking about how Steph Curry's done it the most. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Steph's got the, the most pure shot in that. And uh, LeBron's like, you know, but other people can do it as well and win money. I don't think Steph's ever had a bet, though, while he's been a doing it. A mid-game it, bet? I don't think I, so. I don't I, think I would so. bet against Steph is the yeah, well, right. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I'm glad you brought up up the uh like the pump fake or the dribble there trey because that's sort of an underrated part to me of the of the whole clip like the defense is right there too yeah, it's totally. like he's not that wide like like he's there he's there and then oh my god he still lets it lets it fly <laughs> i heard simmons on his podcast here this morning i was listening to a little bit of it he was uh talking up lebron for mvp he has started the narrative already and if lebron has an mvp narrative which you need <laughs> as lee wipes his nose because <laughs> <laughs> Poor JD coming back to Lee there. Like, got the whole anky out. Um, you got to have an MVP narrative. And LeBron's narrative, this is the narrative I think he's building this year. It's basically, I'm going to just f*** around, give maximum effort for about 25% of the game, still drop 25, 8, and 8 on your head, give you a few highlights to throw up on the old house, and lead the Lakers to the number one seed. That's what his, his narrative is like, I don't need to try, and I'm still going to be putting up these numbers, having a successful team, and having fun at it, and giving you all the all these like highlights. That's what he's like. That's his narrative right now. Of course, like baked into that is like, oh yeah, I'm also in year 18 and I'm doing this. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing it's about crazy. the Lakers going at like only three quarter pace, and they're nine and three right now. So 
if they do decide to turn it on and if LeBron decides, you know what, why not? Because you guys mentioned Joel Embiid. He's a, he's one of the front runners right yeah. now. I, I, I think LeBron's ahead of him just simply because, again, the Lakers will have a better record and LeBron is just doing it so easily in this season. So uh, it, it's kind of, it is kind of open, but, I mean, you know, things like the record and just how uh, LeBron is playing, it, it's going to be hard to keep him off the, uh, off the top there, I think. So fascinating season. I mean, if he, if he can do this in year 18 uh, after what everything he's done and everything he's gone through is, is just going to be incredible. But uh, right now, I mean, I wouldn't bet against it. I wouldn't bet. I, I think he's probably in, he's probably as good a chance as anybody else is. Yeah, right now. I mean, 10, 11 games in, I think he, most people would have him top three, uh, but, but he's like, again, he's almost helped by his like nonchalantness of the, yeah. of it all. Like he's at, that's actually a plus for him. Uh, He's like, all right, I don't want it this year. I don't want the MVP. Don't give it to me. (laughs) Don't give it to me. I don't want it. No, I don't want it. I don't want it. I'm not even trying. It would be a disgrace to give it to me. So don't give it to me. I'm barely trying either. Um, So let's get to what happened after the game. And that is James Harden, quote, saying, he only only answered two questions and he got up and left. He had a brutal game. We'll get to that. But he said post-game, we're just not good enough talking about the Rockets. I love this city. I literally have done everything that I can. I mean, this situation is crazy. It's something that I don't think can be fixed. I mean, that's as close as possible, I think, Trey, as you can get to saying, trade me already. Like I asked before the season started, you didn't. We're still here. You've seen how I'm playing. You see how the team is getting killed. Let, what are we doing here? Is that, that's, what, that's what I'm reading into it. That's what most people, of course, are. What do you think? Well, this is the closest to a trade request that James Harden has made publicly, right? He's basically mm-hmm. saying, hey, I've done everything. I've done everything I can. I mean, debatable. <laughs> debatable. <laughs> that being said, at least he's finally saying the quiet part out loud right now that uh, he's been wanting out since the fall. Since the fall, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he's been wanting out, and obviously the Rockets have not acquiesced to his wishes. And I know, I mean, this cannot help the trade value, cannot help the packages that the Rockets are going to get back, but it's definitely putting pressure on them to make a move, especially once John Wall then comes to the podium and basically says, this guy's not on the same page as us, and obviously we're going to be bad until everybody gets on the same page. Doesn't feel like James Harden wants to get on the same page, so I don't know. It feels like it's a matter of time. It's felt like it's a matter of time since October. They still haven't made a move, probably because the offers aren't good and James Harden isn't doing anything to help the offers. He's making the offers worse time after time after time. But, uh, I mean, this could this could turn even worse for the Rockets. They looked terrible last night. They looked like a joke, honestly. And yeah. they were lucky to be within 17 points at the end of the game. So, I don't know. There was some hope after the first game that John Wall and James Harden played together. I think they combined for 55 points and 17 assists. They looked great. Christian Wood was dunking all over the place. They were sweating like crazy. But uh, James Harden saying, nah. No, not for me. John Wall, maybe he's good, but not for me. I'd rather go somewhere else, so get him out of there. Yeah, Harden had remained pretty quiet here through a couple of months of all this speculation. He hadn't said a whole lot, but now he is. And uh, he was saying it both in his play on the floor and now it's leading into these uh, post-game press conferences. They're not even... Forget the same page. Harden's done with that book. (laughs) He's not even picking it up. He already threw it out. He gave it away to the library or something like that. He is moving on. I think the Rockets have to do one of two things. Trade his ass right now. So there, we know there's a package out there from, you know, it sounds like there's still five or six teams that would like James Harden. Now, maybe it's not as amazing as it once could have been. The Rockets still insist on obviously getting like a young franchise cornerstone, a package of first round picks or other intriguing young talent. Of course they want that. You're trading a really good player. 
But you either trade him right now, uh, you know, for 75 cents on the dollar, whatever it is, 60 cents, or you bench him. And I know I know Zilla wrote about this this morning. I was thinking it last night. At a certain point, it's destructive, right, for this guy to even be, you know, playing with with your team. You're still trying to win games for crying out loud. If he's going to play like this, if he's going to just bring this attitude, then then sit his ass while you try and shop him. Because I don't think he's, he's... He's actively hurting them right now is what I'm getting at, I think. And he's actively hurting his trade value. Totally. By Lala Gang. Yeah. So maybe their best bet is uh, if, if they don't want to trade him today or tonight or whatever... Well, then sit him. Well, I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, because I think you're right, because uh, he's hurting his trade value because he looks terribly out of shape. That was going around on Twitter last night. Uh, our friend Roe Parrish made a little gag about him before the game, saying he's had his pregame meal. And again, you don't want to uh, you know, pick on a guy who does carry a little bit extra beef. He's a bigger guy, but he looks like he's just not even in game shape right now. So that is not a good sign for whoever's trying to trade for him because it's like he's going to have to get himself back into condition. But he is basically sticking his finger up to the Houston Rockets organization as well, which I think is really, really uh, unclassy by him because for the last eight years, they've given him absolutely everything he wanted. You know, they've given him all the money. They've designed an offense to suit his game perfectly. They've brought in coaches that he wants. They've stayed over in cities. We heard from Tim McMahon a few weeks ago in a report saying basically he, he had the free reign of the franchise and now he's saying, I've done everything I can. And I just don't agree with that. I think that's completely the opposite. I think he's being right. disrespectful to them. And it's one thing to be disrespectful in what you say, but it's another thing to sort of do it in your body language. And and I think right now he's basically saying, I'm not even going to get into the sort of condition I need to get into. And then when I'm out on the court, I'm not even going to play to the standard that we all know he can play to. So I, I absolutely do think if you're the Rockets right now, you just say, you know what? Don't play anymore then. We're going to sit you down. We're going to try to find your trade. But... You, you, unless you are going to go out there and really give us everything, then we don't want you on the court at all because it's just hurting us and we want to move forward with the players that we have. So uh, I, I think he's been very unprofessional in the way that he's handled this, uh, considering we know, as you say, before the season, that there would be an enormous trade package for him. I think right now a few teams are maybe just sort of uh, having a little second here to pause and think, you know, what sort of James Harden are we going to get? Is he going to be... Because he has to go to a contender if you're going to get the best James Harden. If the Rockets find a better package for a team that maybe he doesn't want to go to, then I think that team's probably going to be reluctant in the end to, to, to cough up too many young assets because mm-hmm. it's like he's not going to stick around, you know. So it's it's basically like James Harden sort of holding them uh, at hostage a little bit as well. It's like, trade me to a contender or else that other team, those other teams are probably going to start uh, pulling their offers a little bit earlier. So, yeah, this is a, a bad look for him for, for a superstar player. It's a bad look for a team that I believe a franchise has given what star players want. You know, he's, they've traded and signed Hall of Fame players to try to uh, help his mm-hmm. game. And each one of those three players has left and kind of been like, you know, storming out of there. Like, I'm not playing with that guy, mm-hmm. you know. And, and even now, they've still got another player. John Wall, I wouldn't, you know, he's not a Hall of Famer. He probably was if he, uh, if he wasn't, uh, if he didn't lose a couple of years to injury. But still, he's a star player and he's been playing well. He's been trying hard. So um, I think this is a bad look for James Harden. I think the quicker the Rockets can move on from it, they'll be better off, and so will Harden. Well, yeah, I agree with that. This is a bad look for Harden, what he's doing here. This is not a leader by any means. He's totally checked out. He's given up. I will say, though, the Rockets made this bad. They made this mess because you said it, Lee. For eight years, all we heard was they bent over backwards to every Harden request. Uh, Anything he wanted, they did. Well, now... 
he wants to be traded and they're not doing it. That's like you with Sebastian, you know, giving him everything he wants, everything he asks for, you buy, every piece of Lego, you buy, everything, whatever he wants to go, you do. And then in the last thing, he says, oh, I want to go to this basketball camp. And you say, no. Well, then like, you, what do you mean? No, you don't ever say no to me. I'm going to pout. This is what they did. They made this mess. They really did. Don't Lego shame me on this show, oh, please. Just saying. <laughs> we do have far too much Lego. That's true. That, right. that really is true. I, I'll admit that. But, but, but that's right. I mean, you know, um, start, we always hear it's a star-driven league. Teams and franchises absolutely do whatever they can to convince these star players not only to come, but then to stay and to sign, extent, sign extensions. And we know that the Rockets reportedly offered Harden an, an even further two years, $100 million contract, which he turned down. So once again, they were prepared to just give him as much money as they possibly could. They've shown they can get star players around him. But he's still like, well, I've done everything I can and I'm out. So, yeah, I mean, the Rockets, certainly they have to take some blame. But what they did is what franchises do. I mean, look at what LeBron did in Cleveland. You know, again, you do, you do whatever you can to get that guy to con- to convince him to stay uh, because that's what the NBA is about. It's a star-driven league. You want the stars not only because of the perform- performance on the court, but of course of the money they bring into the franchises as well. So, you know, that the Rockets did what several other franchises would have done in that same situation. And now it has come to bite them in the butt a little bit. But still, Harden, I believe, uh, he needs to take far more ownership of his own performance and his own self-pride right now because it looks like he's just saying, I don't care, but you're getting paid $47 million or something this year. Come on, man. you got you got to at least put in on the court. Yeah, over his last five games, Harden, James Harden, is averaging 17.8 points per game, shooting under 40%, barely going to the line. So, you know, you know he's not trying when the Harden is not getting to the free throw line. And I saw Mark Stein writing about it. Like, is that a byproduct of the team's overall struggles? Is it his desire to leave? I think so. Or is it the suboptimal, like, uh, conditioning, uh, you know, factors that, you know, he does appear out of out of shape? And obviously compound that with not giving a damn and just wanting out of there and sort of pouting. I mean, yeah, you're, you're only going to get about 18 points per game from Harden. Now, Trey and I still believe... Harden gets traded to the right team, uh, you know, a, a contender. Well, I think Harden goes right back to 35 points per game. I, I do. I believe that. We yeah, could I'm be totally wrong, Trey. But... Skeets. I mean, this is the most out I've ever been on James Harden, uh, at least since he went to the Rockets. But I would still be thrilled if the Bulls somehow worked a trade for him. If he comes to my team, I'm expecting him to be at the top of the leaderboards and scoring right. again. It's very weird, though, because coming into the season, the Rockets uh, allegedly said we're willing to get uncomfortable. And I thought, what's that mean for James Harden? What's he going to do? Just shoot the ball every time and not play defense. That's what he does regardless. Apparently, the answer is not shoot the ball. It's the opposite. Not go to the hoop, uh, which I guess uh, it does make sense. If you're known for scoring, the one thing you can take away is scoring. But I don't know. The longer he pouts his way out of Houston, the harder it's going to be able to convince yourself that he's going to turn it around whenever he gets where he is. Because it's still going to be the middle of the season. He's still going to be at least looking out of shape. I kind of feel like James Harden can probably still play ball out of shape, at least for a season. And then maybe it's the next year when he comes back and kind of reestablishes himself at the top of uh, the NBA with regards to MVP conversations and things like that. But this year, at the very least, feels like a wash for James Harden. What's going on with these photos, videos of James Harden in warm-up where he does look gigantic. Is he wearing 10 shirts (laughs) underneath his warm-up? Because then the game starts and he doesn't look like that. Not as big. Um, he's always tucking in too. I've yeah. noticed he's always tucking in. So maybe it's uh, very similar with me and my tucked in t-shirts and my Carhartts and my boxers. There's a lot of fabric around. Yeah. The There's a lot of fabric, but the pregame photos, 
not flattering. No. no. But it's I saw like, someone point out too, and JD, I know you always, uh, you, you get upset about this too. NBA TV, where a lot of these are usually coming from, they do that like 16-9 sort of squeezing. <laughs> it's stretching. It's stretching everybody to make them a little bit bigger. I think that's having an effect here. Oh, 15 pounds minimum. <laughs> Already in a normal screen, you're, you're, that's 10 pounds. And then you do this fat boy thing. They literally call it fat boying where they, for, the t- for the ticker. That's another 10 pounds. Yeah. Five, 10 pounds right there. So that's 15 pounds. And maybe he is. A, we all have a little bit of extra sure, weight on us sure. in these, these trying times. So, yeah. Ro, Take it easy, man. That's what I'm gonna. That's what I'm saying. That was a pretty funny line, by the way. Why? Well, that was very, oh, someone very. had a pregame meal. It's <laughs> pretty good. It's pretty good. So, yeah. I mean, look. Again, I think they trade them this weekend, or I think you got to sit them down. I can't imagine Harding playing with these guys here, especially like you said with John Wall. His comments. He's being pretty damn candid. Like, eh, no, the guy doesn't want to be here, and we can't play like this. That's a toxic toxic uh, locker room or you know a product of course on the floor you just get I mean basketball it's you gotta you gotta vibe with each other you gotta have each other's back and he just doesn't care so mm. sit him down or trade him and I still think that deal is gonna happen I think it's either gonna be the Sixers or the Nets I do believe that I think the Rockets would be content with a Simmons-led Sixers package or a Karis LeVert-led Nets package I do and um, then of course with other pieces to make the money work and picks People think that's too much now. You know, I'm tweeting that out last night. People are like, there's no way they're getting picks back for James Harden. What? I mean, maybe. I mean, has he tanked his value that much, Trey? I I don't think so. I don't, I think, don't so. think so. But, I mean, every, every minute that he's not traded, you have to imagine the offers are going down. I will say, curious timing that Ben Simmons had a really detached game for the Sixers last night on yep. the same night that James Harden it finally came out. With his trade request, perhaps something is in the mix. Only time will tell. But if you're the Rockets, you got to at least be pretty happy with how things have turned out with John Wall. He's looked all right on the court, and he seems to be a little bit of a leader here, calling out the the face of the franchise and James Harden saying, this guy's not in on our team. Obviously, John Wall is. I don't know if he's a, a building block piece, but he looks probably. It looks like they've won this trade with the, with the Wizards for Russell right. Westbrook at the very least. And it looks like he's at least going to be... A, a good player, a solid starting point guard, and, you know, maybe he gets back to the all-star level. He's still only playing in the, his first month after being out of the league for two years, basically. So he's looking a little bit like a leader. He's looking like a, a guy who can at least be competitive there in the Western Conference with the Rockets. So maybe they're able to add a Simmons or a Levert and then what other uh, supplementary pieces mm-hmm. come as well. And your rebuild is at least a little bit on track. Yeah, I think what's happened here, again, with those two teams that I focus on, the Sixers and the Nets, I think like some pieces have been taken off the table, right? I think if I'm the Nets, I'm taking Jared Allen out of the mix, and I'm saying, oh, yeah. sorry, we are not trading him. So then what is it? Is it a Levert and Dinwiddie and Prince, and then maybe a pick or two? Or maybe not even pick, some people are trying to tell me. And then with the with the Sixers, you know, I floated around the idea on Twitter last night. You know, it's Ben Simmons leading it. It's probably Mike Scott. And then it's probably like a Matisse Thybul or a Tyrese Maxey. Well, everyone's like, well, they're not trading Tyrese Maxey. Okay, well, he's probably taken off the board here now. And how many picks are coming back? So, yeah, I still think the deal is there to be made. It's probably just has got a little worse. And the Rockets, maybe they should have done something a little a little earlier when Harden was saying, I do not want to be here, trade me. And they thought, nah, you know, we can put the toothpaste back in the, in, in the tube. 
99 times out of 100, you can't do that in the NBA league. I mean, I know there are instances. I think Kobe was one where he's mm-hmm. like, I want out of here. And they sort of salvage it, of course, and they make a move to make him happy. But most of the time, once that star player is like, I'm done, you got to move on. Yeah. You, the more you drag your feet, the more likely you're just get a worse package back, in my opinion. Do you think he'll be traded this weekend, Lee? Oh, I mean, um, this weekend, I'm not sure. Maybe not quite so soon, uh, but certainly the Rockets, I think, will will start to realize that the demands they were hoping for are not there, so they will take a lesser package. Mm-hmm. But I think they probably will make a few return calls and just see who can offer them the best package and, and, and see if they can maybe play, work teams against each other a little bit to try to increase his value. But... Uh, I'm not sure it's going to come together that quickly because, again, you, you look at a situation there like, do what do the Rockets want in return? Do they say, you know what, let's blow it up and let's start again, get picks, and this, and and so we're not going to get talent uh, quality in return, but we're going to get future prospects? Or do you say we want a Ben Simmons and that's the minimum? We want an All Star sort of level talent. So in that case, I don't think then you also get the picks on top of that. I think it's almost one or the other, uh, and it's just going to be which team is sort of more desperate to just to just land that star. I mean. Would a team like the Bulls make this move knowing, that again, that the Bulls have been uh, certainly better in their last few games, but they're still a long way from seriously contending. So James Harden, if he's there, he might be like, well, this is not the situation I want to go to because it's not going to be too dissimilar to the role, he, uh, to the situation in Houston where he can play, he can put up the numbers, but whatever the Bulls have to give back in return, Harden might find himself like saying, well, I, I, you know, I want to be on a contender. I want to be on a team that's going to motivate me the most. So going to a team like Philadelphia is fine, but uh, that's because he's going to be playing alongside someone like Joel Embiid. But a team like Chicago, who might be like, we just want that star player, and we're prepared to give up some of our younger assets in order to get him. What's going to What's going to basically be the best situation to get the best James Harden out mm-hmm. of that situation? So. I'm not sure. It, it's yeah, it's a it's a murky a murky odd th- thing as it's as well because his contract is just so enormous. You know, the other team is going to have to give up a lot of uh, assets just to get him back, and um, and that that's going to be the tough thing for Houston to deal with and to accept because it's like you, you're not going to get both. I don't think it's one or the other. It's star right. player or young picks and and you know dead contracts basically. Right. All right. Well, we'll see. We will uh, fire up the uh, James Harden trade emergency podcast. I think <laughs> in the next couple of days. I mean, I'm doubling tripling down on that, but uh it's got to be coming now or he's just got, can't play with the Rockets right now. I think it's got to be one or the other as I've said a couple times here. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24/7 US-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, final game. I know you watched it there, Lily, last night. Some of us caught it this morning. 
Durant scores 34 as the Nets charge back from 18 down to top the Nuggets. Another really good game last night. Big takeaway. Yeah, well, Kevin Durant is known for his scoring, but uh, maybe passing is his uh, best skill because oh, wow. uh, <laughs> he, he was so, so good last night at uh, managing this game. The, the Nets were down big mm-hmm. in this one. Kevin Durant didn't panic. He got his teammates involved. He had 13 assists to six different players. Like, And you could just see the way that he was running this game. He was like... I know I can take over this game when I need to. I just want to keep these guys involved. And he did. Some incredible passes to his teammates who were cutting, going to the rim. And then when it was winning time, Kevin Durant's already missed two kind of potential game winners this season. Last night, he didn't put himself in that position because he hit the go-ahead two-pointer, like just went into the lane and just walked in and scored a little step back. And then did this just gorgeous step back three-pointer, which sealed the game there for the Nets in the comeback victory. And, uh, uh, he, for, for me, I mean, people say he's the best scorer the NBA has ever seen. I'm not sure if that's true, but he might be one of the, the players who, who can score as easily as he wants, any way he wants to, whether that's the three-pointer, whether that's going in for a little mid-range, or if he goes in for one of those layups that basically is undefendable when he goes inside because he's so long, he's so tall, and he can jump up high, and basically he can out-jump anyone who's trying to block that shot. Uh, With a soft touch too. Oh my yeah. god, yeah. He, but that's the thing. It's like if you, if sometimes in the fast break he's like, all right, I'm just going to take this down and dunk it. Other times he's going to pull it out, wait for another teammate, find that teammate. And other times he's just like, oh, this guy's defending me. Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna insult me by putting this guy on me, I'm just going to show you how easy it is for me to score. Uh, he, he's an incredible player. I know he's already been an MVP in this league, and he's kind of always in that conversation when he's when he's playing, of course. But this also, a little bit like LeBron, it's almost like Durant's like, I could be MVP if I really, really wanted it, but I'm sort of just more interested in uh, in, in managing this team, getting some wins and, and being in control of the game because he is in control of the game, mm-hmm. even though they were down big and the Nuggets were playing well. Not a lot of defense in this one, but it just felt while Kevin Durant was on the court, it was his game to decide when he was going to win the game and, and the Nets pull away late and uh, get the victory. He's... Uh, He's just he's in such control of his game right now. It's incredible for a guy who missed, you know, 18 months with a yeah. uh, a devastating injury that some players don't ever return to their full strength from. I think I saw going around on Twitter last night that Kevin Durant passed Dwayne Wade on the NBA's all-time scoring list. Well, he definitely passed Adrian Dantley. Oh, I'm not sure if he passed Dwayne Wade. Wade. He may have. I, like, I think that's right. Holy crap! That yeah. seems quick. Yeah. Right? I mean, Dwayne Wade. <laughs> It's a scorer. He got a lot of points, obviously, in the NBA, and Katie's already passed him. Yeah, what'd you think, Trey? Yeah, I was with you, Skeets. I was tapped in on the Heat versus Sixers game, seeing the tweets coming about Kevin Durant going off, so I just had to catch Kevin Durant uh, this morning, last (laughs) night, and he's awesome, man. You would not know that he missed 18 months with an Achilles injury. He looks like he's 100% back. He's obviously an incredible scorer, and you're totally right. It's like, what, Kevin Durant was in the 07 draft? Is that right? Yeah, 08, 07, 07, 07 yeah. draft. Um, Dwayne Wade was in the 03 draft. Like, that's only four seasons right. different, right, that he already passed him. I think he also passed Elgin Baylor. These are legendary names. These are Hall of Fame names. Kevin Durant would be finishing the top five in career scoring. He's still got a chance, I think. And that's even after missing yeah. 18 months of basketball. He can score every single way. He won four straight scoring titles back in the day, and I think that people have kind of forgot about that because he became more than a scorer. He became a LeBron-like player who can create for teammates, who can contribute defensively and really shut things down when he's engaged there. He's awesome. He's the best player in the Eastern Conference, I would say. Maybe even ahead of Giannis. Just it's easy to sleep on Giannis right now. Same as as it was easy to sleep on Shaq back in the day when somebody's able to dominate that easily. But when he's got it going, man, there's... 
few players that are more fun to watch. And like you're saying, Lee, he's had a bunch of really great shots to win games for the Nets this season that just haven't dropped. They did last night. Yeah, and this uh, this win may have been big for Brooklyn, too. Uh, maybe bought them a little bit of time. Uh, another L would have been rough there. And they were down big, like you said. I mean, Jokic was not happy with the Nuggets' defense completely falling apart. He's kicking chairs. He's pissed as they wanted to close out that road trip with a victory. But I mean, it bought them some time because Kyrie Irving, still not playing with this team, He's not expected to join Brooklyn this week. Uh, he's going to miss more games. The NBA is reviewing this maskless video uh, that you know surfaced of him, what appears to be at his sister's 30th birthday party, big group setting. You're not supposed to do that under the NBA's you know health and safety COVID protocols here, so he could be dinged for that. Um, and yeah, like it's sounding like they don't even know when he's going to be back. We don't really know what's going on with Kyrie specifically. Now, this is something... We just didn't talk about yesterday because we we're like, you know, the video had surfaced the night before. I'm like, well, let's just wait and see if we get a little more detail. I guess we've gotten a little bit in terms of the NBA investigating it, but there's still a big unknown of really what's personally going on with Kyrie because they just say, keep saying it's personal reasons that he's out. And then Nash and like Sean Marks, the GM of the Nets, are asked about it, and they really sound like they don't know either. I mean, am I reading into that? They're just like, we don't know either. And they're going to keep getting asked about this until we eventually have an answer. So... I think it bought them a little bit of time in the sense like they lose another one. There's even more of a spotlight and maybe even Harden wanting out. Of course, demanding that trade helps, you know, Kyrie. But this is still a big news because anything involving Kyrie Irving is a big, big deal. But Trey, I mean, what do you make of what's going on with him? And I know he appeared on a virtual fundraiser last night for the Manhattan District Attorney, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. He's on the Zoom call before the game and people are like, what's he doing? What's going on? Anyway, what do you make of this? What appears to be a bit of a obviously a wild Kyrie story? Uh, I don't really know what to make of it because we don't really know what's going on. I know I miss watching Kyrie Irving play basketball because it seems like every story we've had about Kyrie Irving for three seasons is off the court stuff. And we forget that he's so good when he plays. You you saw it in the first couple of weeks of the season when he was out there with Kevin Durant. The Nets look like they could be one of the best teams in the league. Kyrie just seems to be going through some stuff. And it seems like that has been the case for a few seasons. He's on a journey Uh, and uh, maybe basketball is not what is inspiring Kyrie Irving anymore and that's fine if that's the case Um, but if he still wants to play basketball he needs to communicate with the Nets it's going to be impossible for his teammates and for his coaches to keep answering these questions when they don't know what's going on Um, so I don't know whatever's going on with Kyrie Irving the only way we're going to find out what's going on with him is hearing from him and nobody has really for a while so until that happens it's up in the air man is he going to be back in the NBA I don't know don't know We don't know. Lee, anything to add? Well, again, if, if he is sort of just not in the right mental place, then uh, you hope he does get whatever sort of treatment and help he needs to because you can't just decide, I'm just not playing anymore and still pick up your paychecks and then just kind of be at your sister's birthday party having a good time. You need to be able to say to the team, listen, I, 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 this is not for me anymore or, or I need yeah, to take some he, time yeah, away. Kyrie doesn't owe it to us. No. He owes it to the Nets, I think. Exactly. I mean, they're, they're paying him a huge him an salary. And, and again, if someone is dealing with something, you want to give them the full support. But if this video of him at the birthday party is true, he doesn't look like he's having too many problems there. And, and, and again, on that Zoom call last night, he's got time for that. Well, you've got, to, you've got to talk to your team. You've got to communicate. And so at least Steve Nash or Sean Marks can say something clearly to the media and they know exactly what's going on because right now everyone's just looking, he's embarrassing the team. He's embarrassing the franchise because it just, he's not giving clear 
uh, direction as to why he's behaving the way he's behaving. So mm. now he's a bit of a unique guy, you know. He sort of dances to the beat of his own drum, which is which is again fine. But um, you can't you can't just say, all right, I'm just I'm just not playing anymore and not tell the team. Well, yeah, you can. you can. Well, you can. Well, you should tell your team. I, I, yeah, so sure. So then you, they say we've talked to him. We're working on, he's working on some things. We're figuring out a plan. But like, yeah. again, they seem just in the dark, in the dark, just as much as we are, which is a problem in my opinion. Yeah. And, and also you need to sort of know what the plan is going forward because what's to say he doesn't come back for a couple of games and then just say, yeah, I'm out again for another 10 games. I, I don't know. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I wish him all the best because it's certainly a, an odd situation and it certainly seems like he's uh, dealing with something. We just don't know what that is. We'll wait to find out when it comes to Kyrie. All right, we have some news from yesterday. This is big news. So just, uh, you know, there's sort of a lot of details to give you guys here, both you, uh, Trey and Lee, and everyone joining us live and listening. So amid multiple teams dealing with these COVID-19 issues, um, the NBA has implemented stricter health and safety protocols for the players before, during, and after games. Now, the changes include a lot of things. They include outlawing hugging. Uh, man, your man Divine's going to hate to hear that. That guy's a hugger, man. That's going to be tough for our man Divine. Outlawing hugging and other physical interaction between opposing players before and after the game, as well as reducing social interaction during play. So you're supposed to only do elbow or fist bumps, you know, when you're out there. The NBA plan is also enforcing the wearing of masks by coaches and players on the bench during games more strictly. Okay, so they're going to zero in on that. The most dramatic change, though, may be closing off of rooms to non-team guests in road hotels. The league is no longer allowing players and staff to leave hotels for non-team activities, and it is eliminating visitors to hotel rooms because players were previously allowed to have up to two guests, which uh, seemed like a bad idea right from the jump, but no more. Uh, There are a number of other rules, including like reduced pregame meetings and specific seating charts on flights and potentially extra testing, and, and it goes on and on and on. Do you have any faith, Trey, in any of this working, or was this sort of the league putting this out there for an optics you know, reason? Like, what do you think of, uh, again, these updated health and safety protocols? Well, I have a little bit of faith in it, but not a lot. The only reason I have some faith is in this is that apparently everybody wants to push through this and continue to play the season Everybody wants to finish. Nobody wants to go in a bubble. Nobody wants to postpone it, which means then that everybody needs to commit to it. Because if everybody's saying, yeah, we're going to be playing this season, and allegedly that's the case, the idea of stopping the season never even came up. Um, Things need to change, you know. Uh, So they got to do a little bit better protecting, which means that everybody has to buy in on this 100%. And, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous that guests were allowed in rooms anyways. I mean, I know it's going to be tough for the players to not be Mm -hmm. seeing people and traveling from city to city to city to city and just going to your hotel room, going to see your team, going back to your hotel room, blah, 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 blah. You're doing the same thing every single day, but that's what it's got to be if you're going to be able to keep everybody healthy. It's hard with all this travel that the teams are going to be doing. It's hard playing an indoor sport, but maybe they just need to explore the space a little bit more. We saw Embiid sitting far away from the team. There's some... uh, reports of a cool down period basically for a yeah. player who comes off the court who doesn't have to wear a mask right away but they got to sit really far away from the team just like Embiid was doing and honestly maybe at this point the league should start looking into getting all the players vaccinated uh, I know people it would be bad for optics to be jumping the list but distribution is not going according to plan regardless for the vaccine there are huge swaths of the population who will not take it the number of doses needed for the NBA it can't be that high right there's a 500 players, maybe there's another couple thousand NBA employees who would then need to do it. We're talking 3,000 doses for a billion dollar industry with thousands of jobs depending on it. 
It would look bad for a minute for sure to be getting the vaccine before a lot of people do, but maybe it's also a smart move financially and for the league to take that PR hit rather than the PR hit of having to postpone the season and postpone games, all this kind of stuff. But uh, I don't know. If everybody buys in, if it's 100% buy-in, these additional precautions will help. But if it's a 95% buy-in, then we're in the same spot in another month. Yeah, I mean, one GM told ESPN when Woj was writing about this that allowing visitors to hotel rooms was the Mack truck driving through all of the protocols. That was a, a direct quote from that anonymous GM. All of this cool zone, more masks on the floor, hey, go to the fist bump instead of the high fives, complete bullshit, I don't think changes a damn thing. It's all this stuff off of the floor because what they're trying to do is to have this bubble what we had in Disney World and they're trying to make 30 bubbles Lee that Mm. then all can move around together with all of these people within it Uh, good luck with that Um, and that that to me is the, the difficult part and even George Hill is like coming out and talking about this he's like so what you just want us from fly to city to city and just stay in our hotel room the answer of the NBA is saying yeah 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 we want a bubble for your team, and it just moves together everywhere and doesn't go and do anything else. But George Hill's saying that's ridiculous. Well, yeah, it is. I mean, 2020 and 2021 is ridiculous with this pandemic, but that's the only way this is going to work. All this other stuff on the floor, sure, I mean, it can't, it can't hurt. Uh, you know, it, it only helps, I guess. But I think it, that's a bit, of, a bit of silliness because I watched the games last night. I didn't see a lot of fist bumps. I saw 100 <laughs> high fives. I saw all the constant pulling down masks. You're right. I saw him beat in a cool zone period, but like, they're still playing basketball with each other. I don't know why, you know, they're not considered close contact when they're playing contact basketball. So I, I think it's the the worrisome part is the stuff off the floor, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. once you're on the court, it, it virtually does nothing to say, okay, don't high-five each other, go for a fist bump, because you're breathing all over each other, you're sweating all over each other, and this is a, a, a transmittable virus through the air. So it's in the air if you're that close to people. So um, there's also you're also asking a lot from the players to understand all the things they're allowed to do and not allowed to do, you know, because it's like it feels like at times it's like, OK, you know, again, when you're having shoot around only for 10 minutes or whatever it is, are you allowed to then be all over each other for that 10 minutes? But then you have to separate. I mean, the damage is done at that point, I think. Um and then when you are on the road, it's like, okay, you're no longer allowed to go to restaurants. You're no longer allowed to have people to your room. But what, you know, are you allowed to go to Starbucks and get a coffee around the corner? If you go by yourself and you wear a mask, is that okay? I mean, I think there's, uh, it's a little bit confusing. But clearly the league and the owners are doing everything they can to prevent having to suspend the season. Because, of oh, course, yeah. that means the suspension in payments. And that's, that's ultimately what it comes down to. It's a financial an economic decision before it's a safety decision because if it was purely a safety health and safety decision i don't think we would, would be playing right now mm-hmm. uh, so you know it's uh it, it's definitely a sort of situation that adam silver said coming in it was kind of they have to deal with these things as they come up and right now they're facing a problem where the celtics i think have had three games now postponed mm-hmm. um We've had six total games now here in basically three and a half weeks post. Now, they'll be able to make up those games, even if you play back to back to back, whatever, at some point. But it's like how much damage is going to be done first? And and at what point does the league say, okay, we do need to actually now take a two-week break, a month break, a three-week break? You know, again, those sort of uh, questions are very, very difficult to answer. Uh, but, But trying to ask the players and executives and officials and everyone who's traveling to basically not interact with each other at all unless you're on the court, it's 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 almost impossible to police and it's mm-hmm. almost impossible to enforce as well because it's natural at some point players will be like, 
I, I, I don't have the virus. I'll be fine. You know, no one's going to know if I sit next to this person on the plane not wearing a mask. You know what I mean? Like people, oh, yeah. you, you get lazy and you're just like, I'll be fine. It's not going to happen here. So, uh, you know, but they're trying, I guess they're trying because they just, as I say, they want to prevent having another uh, work stoppage. No, they are going to go through it this damn season. I mean, they saw what the NFL did and MLB, and they had their complications, obviously college sports too, and they're like, no, well, they got through it, and we're getting through it. And you're right, Lee, you're spot on. Like, if if safety was at the top of the priority list, then there'd probably be no damn sports. But it's not, and so they're just going to barrel through here and try and put in as many rules and you know protocols as you can again policing it all is like you said like damn near impossible but mm. i guess maybe they start coming down harder on guys that are breaking this stuff on the floor i, I don't know that's that, that guy's wearing his mask wrong all right it's ten thousand dollars like set that precedent we'll we'll see i know doc rivers already got fined but maybe we'll see more of that wild stuff wild stuff all right we uh Got tweet of the night. We actually have a top five, Lee, from you. You're going to count down your top five fingers, eh? Go <laughs> well, my top fingers. five finger moments. Finger moments. Oh, finger moments. I yeah. thought you were going to be like, okay, my index finger, that's number two. Um, okay, we'll get to that in a second. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. All right, Lily, let's get to this top five. Top five, top five, top five. Top five, top five, top five. All right, coming in at number five, Lee's pinky oh, finger. <laughs> Doesn't do a whole lot. No, no, no. My fingers are going to stay out of this one. Oh. But uh, now you guys remember the other day when the LA Clippers tweeted out a picture of uh, Kawhi Leonard's gigantic hands and then his uh, his middle finger there wrapping around the two bottles of, of liquid. I'm not sure what's in both. I guess water's in one. I'm not sure what's in the other. Right. Well, I don't know. I was just sort of thinking afterwards, like, fingers are pretty big in the NBA. So uh, I tried to find my favorite top five finger moments from NBA history. Okay. okay. So let's go. Number five. Let's stay with Kawhi Leonard because it's his finger block <laughs> yep. on Jamal Murray down in the bubble there. Now, look at that. That is his index finger blocking a dunk. Look at it there. Just incredible. This is only at number five. This is only at number five. Yeah, it gets it gets better from here. Well, I hope it gets better from here anyway, because at number four, a very iconic moment. Game seven of the Western Conference Finals in 1995. Mario Eli with a two-finger here celebration. The kiss of death <laughs> after he hits the three that basically seals the 3-1 comeback. Sends that over there to the Phoenix Suns bench. A classic moment. You guys know I love to bring that up whenever we open cards and Mario Eli pops out. The kiss of yep. death. The beautiful moment there. Okay. At number three, we go out to Utah. 
Oh, good one. And uh, Delonte West. Yeah. <laughs> so now, good. I look back at this and Delonte West kind of gets in Gordon Hayward's uh, face on the way down the court. He's angry at Gordon Hayward for some reason. And then he gives him the rare, dry, wet willy. Yep. Uh, now, he didn't get suspended for that game, but he did get a $25,000 fine for the oh, wet willy. Right in the ear hole there. <laughs> wow. Poor old Gordon Hayward there. The dry, wet willy. Yeah, very, very funny. Okay. Uh, at number two, we go to the NBA award show in 2018, and Charles Barkley's up on stage with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> and they're basically just thanking Bill Russell for his contributions to the game. It's not like Charles Barkley started ripping on uh, no. Bill Russell. He's just saying, thank you, Bill Russell. And this is Bill Russell's response. Give the finger. <laughs> How do you give the finger, by the way, Lee? The middle finger. I'm, I'm like that. Oh, yeah, put, yeah. yeah, okay. No thumb. Yeah. Yeah. People always think the picture behind you is uh, also yeah. somebody yeah. giving the middle yeah. finger. Yeah. Yeah. And seeing it next to your finger, I buy it. The elephant there, yeah. So uh, Bill Russell. Now, Bill Russell has done that a few other times where he just sticks his finger up. It's, uh, it's Bill Russell. It's a legend. It's number two there. But, of course, I think number one... Well, this guy, I mean, uh, yeah. he not only made his career out of being uh, this being his calling card, but he also turned it into commercial success as well. We've seen him in commercials, uh, you know, advertising things. He's always making fun. Uh, Dikembe Mutombo's sig- signature celebration. You know, he did this pretty much his entire career where he blocks guys, he blocks shots, throws up the number, the, the, the index finger. And if you guys remember, we had Dikembe on the show. Mm-hmm. And when we went to Photo Corner... We actually didn't do a photo. We just did the boomerang there. <laughs> All of us doing it. I mean, that's that's just how iconic Those wiggly it was. fingers. <laughs> oh, that's a good clip. I, that, I, have never, I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah. Why so, is it in black and white? Were we shooting that in like uh, 1940? Yeah, or? I'm not sure. That was on my phone, but I wondered that as well. I thought, I wonder if it was Carlos or uh, or Rick who did that, the boomerang. And, and did they do it in black and white? I'm not sure. I can't remember. But maybe we asked. Maybe I said, hey, do it in black and white for some reason. But... Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe. <laughs> All right. That's a good top five list. Was there anything else in the mix, just out of curiosity? Well, uh, Gerald Green and uh, Davis Bertans uh, were both in the mix because uh, they don't have ten fingers. They only have uh, around nine, nine and a half in there somewhere. But Davis uh, Bertans is Yeah, apparently Davis Bertans. I didn't know that. Yeah. I Gerald Green. His, his, uh, his ring finger got caught uh, uh, something and he, and he lost part of his finger as well. So, yeah. Um, some fun moments. I wanted to get like a Joey Crawford sort of pointing, you know, when he ejects someone, like he's pointing that finger out there. But uh, it was more the whole, you know, the ejection rather than just his yeah. finger there. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, there you go. Top five fingers, according to Lee Ellis <laughs> in NBA history. Did he miss one? Let us know in the stream team comments, in the YouTube comments. Tweet at us at No Dunks Inc. Great stuff, Lee Lee. That was a lot of fun. All right, Trey, you got Tweet of the Night, my man. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Had a really nice tweet of the night lined up coming into today. It was Kendall Gill, our old friend, challenging Jake Paul to a boxing match. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Uh, I mean, honestly, probably a good match. Uh, Differing ages, of course. But earlier this morning, uh, a No Dunks fan by the name of Sam Likes Eggs hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> it's my burner. In- yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why. That's why I thought it was. I was like, I'm on to you, Skeet. I know you like eggs too. Anyways, this is an incredible clip. It's Stephen Adams going on a show called Kiwis Abroad to talk about how he's been spending his free time. How do you keep busy in between games and, and trainings then? Um. 
just doing a bit of uh, oh i got a worm farm now Oosh. at my house bought some worms the other day some compost worms um and also have a microscope so i could check out all the little bugs in the soil and whatnot just real nerdy stuff bro i'm going a bit mad nutch nutch help me worm farm this guy got a worm <laughs> farm and a microscope so i guess when he gets back to new orleans he just heads uh, out checks out the little bugs but i mean shout out to steven adams every interview with this guy is great i didn't know a worm farm was a thing outside of a uh, dumb and dumber that's the last i heard of a worm farm they were open to the store we got worms uh but just amazing just ima- just imagine steven adams with a microscope spending all of his free time watching worms <laughs> that's apparently what he's doing i Great believe stuff. it yeah uh, i believe it. he is so damn funny yeah. oh my god help me I like when he does that uh lee you have fired up the kiwis uh was that last week when you were i guess making a joke about uh steven williams it was after the triple double right and you were uh yeah, contemplating the best athlete in New Zealand history, <laughs> and you said it was Tiger Woods' caddy. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, he was the highest paid New Zealand oh, uh, athlete right. uh, for a while there. And I said Stephen Adams' triple double was the uh, greatest sporting achievement in New Zealand history. But the, uh, yeah. most most of the Kiwis got it. A few of them got a little bit upset. Oh, what the hell are you talking about? Leo said, "Look at the ICC cricket rankings," and I'm like, "Yeah, okay. When was the last time you beat Australia in a Test series? Like oh, about wow. 50 years ago." Oh my goodness! <laughs> but are they high in the ICC rankings right now? Well, apparently they're ranked number one because they just had a big series victory oh, over, yeah. uh, I think, the West Indies. But the West Indies are, yeah, oh, and then Pakistan goes. maybe. Here he yeah, goes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, excellent stuff. I'm, I, that was a nice uh, last-minute switch up there, I think, for Tweet of the Night, TK. Though, uh, I would put money on Kendall Gill beating the snot out of uh, Jake Paul. Is that Jake yeah, Paul? Yeah, he's 4-0 uh, oh in his professional boxing career, Kendall Gill. Mm-hmm. Like Jake he, Paul's 3-0, and oh, Lee. Oh, he's yeah. in his prime. But Jake, I mean, that, Jake that's Paul's fighting guys that don't even box. Kendall Gill's a boxer, man. Yeah, that's uh, what he's saying. That's what he's saying. You got to give the NBA a chance to yeah. regain some glory because I don't know if y'all watched the Nate Robinson match, but uh, not a great look for Nate. No, I didn't not watch it. I, I saw the memes, obviously, of him lying on the ground. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, how, how tall is Jake Paul? How tall um, is Jake Paul? Six yeah. two, six one. Oh, he's that big. Yeah, I don't know. I, mean, Kendall, I have no idea. He had some well, size well, to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kendall's Kendall's six five, so uh, you know he's a big guy. And uh, and and when I saw Jake and Nate Robinson, because Nate's what five nine, five ten, mm-hmm. he didn't look all that much bigger than Nate. So I, oh, I'm okay. guessing he's only you know six one, six two. So Kendall, I think, would go in as the favorite in that fight if they were to, to have it. Kendall's fifty years old too, right? I yeah. think he's plus 52, yeah. yeah. But like like Lee's saying, he's got the experience. Kendall Gill has been part-time professional boxing for like 20 years. Oh, but yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Paul, he's in his prime right there. Uh, yeah. I think set it up. Set it up the match. I don't know if Kendall Gill is as big of a draw as Nate Robinson, no. but maybe he was the Nate Robinson of his generation. Well, put me down for Kendall Gill beating the crap out of him if it ever happens. What were you going to say there, J.D.? Uh, just confirming uh, Jake Paul's height at six foot, according to Google. Oh, okay. But then there's another thing that says six one. So, so that means he's five eleven, guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, pick them results. Uh, it's a game we didn't talk about, though. I know Tass uh, touched on it a little bit on what you need to know. So go listen to that or watch that. It was the Pacers Warriors game. Tass and Lee, you had Indiana Lee you got a victory. Uh, they pulled it out late. They went on a nice little run late. 
Uh, they just had to cover the two and a half because Warriors were favored, but they get the victory. That's an outright win. So that was an awesome game. Double that was hilarious. Yeah, I know. Playing fast. It was like everybody's like, ah, oh, whatever. We're just going to run up and down the court the whole time. Cassius Stanley was out there. Edmund Sumner was balling, throwing his body around. Fun stuff. Looked like a scrimmage with both teams wearing blue and yellow. Loved it. Yeah, they threw the box and one at uh, at uh, Curry again there because Nate Bjorkring coming over from the Raptors staff. Yeah, it's a fun game. I, I apologize to Pacers fans especially for uh, not talking about it, but Tass did. Anyway, Indiana gets a win. So, Lee, you're 5-8. and eight. You're now tied with Trey, who's 5-8 and because he took the L. Tass is 7-6, and six, and so am I. So we got two of us 7-6, and six, and you guys are 5-8. and eight. Tonight's game is Brooklyn, New York. Oh, Battle of the Burrows. Uh... Nets favored in this one by six and a half. It's in MSG though. So Lily, get us started. You don't need to flip a coin. I said if you uh, lost yesterday, uh, you'd have to flip a coin. But now you're on fire. So uh, what you got? well, yeah, six and a half. I mean, so the Knicks have definitely cooled off from their hot start, and their defense has been bad. The Nets defense is awful though as well. But they've got Kevin Durant, and again, every time I watch Kevin Durant, I'm just like uh, amazed by how good he is. I think they've got seven points in them, so. I'll take the Nets. Is Durant playing, though, in a back-to-back situation? Well, uh, yeah, of course, I, I did think about that, too. Uh, but without Kyrie, I suspect he will play. I okay. mean, who knows? Okay. Who knows this year? Things are all a bit crazy. But yeah. I, I, if, The game if Durant... could be postponed in the next hour, yeah, exactly. for all we know. Yeah, yeah. This okay, one, so I you... think, is going to be a high-scoring affair, though. So okay, Nets. so you got the Nets, though, winning by seven or more. Yes. Okay, Trey? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Nets as well. The Knicks have looked kind of brutal after that huge Austin Rivers uh, fourth quarter that got him a win against the Jazz. Three straight losses, and they haven't even been close. The Knicks haven't scored over 90 points in three games. Yeah. Bad news, Bears. I, I imagine they'll score over 90 in this one. The Nets don't play much defense. I wouldn't be surprised if this game's in the 140s. Mm. Give me the Nets. They're looking good. I'll take the Knicks for a lot of the reasons you guys are saying. I don't think there'll be a lot of defense. I don't even know if KD will play. I think the Knicks will at least keep it close enough to cover. They got to lose by six or less or, heck, win the game. Maybe Randall goes for another monster triple-double. I'll take the Knicks. Let's hear who Tass has. I think this line is a little too big. The Nets give up a lot of second-chance points, and the Knicks get after it on the offensive glass, even if they can't really score all that much. I think that keeps them close. Give me the New York Knicks. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So there you go. Tass and I will either extend our lead on you guys tonight or you'll get a little bit closer and the buttholes will get a little tighter <laughs> as we near the end of Jan near the end of January. Yeah. Nope. No, hold on. It's January 13th. Feels like February oh, 15th. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, good luck to everybody. Thanks for joining us today. We got another podcast to get ready for later today. Beach Step In where we answer your emails we answer your tweets you can join us live on youtube at 3 p.m eastern or you can just listen to the podcast later in the day later in the night go grab your no dunks merch at nodunks.com and subscribe to the athletic already 3.99 a month heck of a deal go to the athletic.com slash no dunks clipper bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us and remember the ring finger it's the worst finger just because it's hard to control by itself embrace the day people